0: The final snap of Super Bowl 45, the Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy is coming home.
2: What is up everybody, welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your jubilant host, Dumak, and joining me after a, what feels like forever, a Packers win. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It is finally good to talk about a Packers win that wasn't extending one of their best players. We're talking about a
2: football game that they actually won. They played the game, and they won. And it was a joyous, joyous time. It was an ugly football game. Packers went over the Los Angeles Rams 20-3, featuring so many turnovers and some mind- boggling decisions and things like that but it was a win nonetheless 20 to 3 Packers win at Lambeau on a rainy day which probably caused a lot of the uh a lot of the the messiness we saw throughout so uh, I think first things first we ought to just start with the defense considering that that three number stands out uh quite heavily amongst the Packers defensive performances as of late and throughout the season um by far the lowest they've held a, an opponent to the the entire year, um, in part thanks to the Rams starting starting Brett Ripien, former uh, Denver Bronco, at quarterback in place Matthew Stafford who had a thumb injury, as well as the Rams not having any of their top uh, rushers they've had throughout the year and being forced to start uh, Daryl Henderson Jr., who was in a platoon with Royce Freeman the entire day, so guess first things first, Jordan, what did you think of the defense? I guess who stood up most for you?
1: Um, thankfully, we could talk about a lot of players. Um, I thought perhaps the most impactful, at least early on, in terms of setting the tone was Jonathan Owens. I thought he was very physical. We saw the strip sack, even with a bobbled snap that, kind of put Rippy in, you know, (laughs) running backwards already. Um, Jonathan Owens has made a really good heads of play. And I just thought, you know, for his limitations, considering the secondary was thin, no Rudy Ford going into this game, no Quay Walker. Two guys are equally physical in um, in their own distinctive sort of ways. Um, I just thought he kind of brought it really, From the start, it was making tackles, making plays to really stuff out a Rams offense that, as you mentioned, very toothless. (laughs) We can't forget that part of it because without their starting quarterback or without their leading rusher on the season, it showed. But credit where credit is due. And he was making plays to start this game that really helped the defense kind of settle their feet um, or settle in really quickly and. I thought it just kind of set the tone for the entire day.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He had the most tackles on the team, according to PFF's box score, with eight, including five solo tackles. Uh, You mentioned the strip sack and the forced fumble. Like, we had been dogging on Jonathan Owens, a.k.a. Mr. Simone Biles, for a few weeks now. But it's I'm just happy to see that the defensive players that we've been kind of ragging on against getting burnt against better teams, at least showed up to task against the the worst teams, right? Like, we are, the Packers, I should say we, the Packers are a bad team, and I think today was evidence of that, because they played pretty outstandingly against a worse team, uh, talent-wise, at the moment. Like, I think full strength, the Rams are probably a little better than the Packers, even with Matthew Stafford's age, but with Brett Ripien not having made 20 starts in his career, the rain and not having a pretty strong run game like the Packers showed up and Jonathan Owens was one of those players too that really rose to the task in a week when Rudy Ford was out in a week where Quay Walker was out um just a, a good positive result for the Packers today hopefully in a way that they can uh, start building off of the rest of the year but I think another one of the, the bigger impact players was Carrington Valentine got picked on the last two weeks just over and over again, wasn't really getting a whole lot of uh, a of love, love from us or any of the Packers or any Packers fans, I should say, and was really all over Puka Nakua all day long, for the most part. I shouldn't say all day long, but I think he's on Puka sometimes, he's on Cooper Cup sometimes, and out well. Yeah, he was he was all over the place and played quite well, frankly. Um, trying to find his his brief stats here: two tackles. Um, but three pass deflections on the day for Carrington Valentine. Like that's that's really good. He had a couple where I thought it was like bang bang, he might have gotten their tad early, but they didn't call it, so it's a positive play. And I think he was um really excited to be playing at the level he was playing at today against those receivers because while the Rams are down their quarterback and a few of their running backs, the receivers were full of strength. Like Cooper Cup, yeah. Puka Nakua and Tutu Abel were all were all out there. And you could probably say that the quarterback play somewhat influenced how the receivers played, but when he was available, Carrington Valentine played pretty well and rose to the occasion to really, I guess, stunt any of those uh, drives they were trying to put together because a few of those plays came on third down when they were really critical.
1: Yeah, I, I thought he, again, another guy that was pretty poised, playing physical right away, set the tone. You could tell he was really jazzed, making his second start, I guess. Um, And he was a guy that could going into this game. He was my Packard player to watch in terms of this is a very strong receiving core. We knew that Stafford was at least a 50-50 shot, at least by the time they recorded the preview pod. And pretty much it did. (laughs) Maybe it was exaggerated how close he was to playing, but ship aside, the Rams certainly brought it down to the wire before news broke that Ripion was going to make the start. And I just thought, you got to play against who you're playing against. Or what's the quote? You play who's in front of you. That's the better way of saying it. Um, and Karen to Valentine had tough challenges and rose to that challenge really well today. And a guy that they said that they want to see more of Moving forward, well, we're going to see a lot more of them, and hopefully, it looks more like today than versus what we saw in the Broncos
2: game. Yeah, absolutely. I think looking at back at his plays, thanks to your studious notes here throughout the game, um his first uh, pass breakup was on, on third and nine on a pass intended for Tutu Atwell, um, blew up a screen on their next on the Rams' uh, next drive, and then. Uh, Drew a, an OPI from Puka on an out route where he just shoved Valentine right out of the way to try and make the catch. So good defense there, and just got penalty or was the subject of the victim of a penalty? I guess is the way to put it. Yeah, uh, that that set the Rams back drew. even more. Right. Yeah, drew a penalty. Thank you. And then jumped another pass um, late in the fourth quarter with um, on first and ten. So like he was just all over the place, really, really doing well. So seventh round pick. It'll, we'll see how it, how it goes for him the rest of the season. But if he can continue to step up with this type of receivers and maybe a little better quarterbacks, then maybe he turns into a, a serviceable player. But I think that'll obviously be a process thing that we'll see for the rest of the year as in his continued development.
1: Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that like, you know, we talk about the secondary and just the... Joe Barry of it all, of utilizing the physicality that the corners bring, whether it's now Karen to Valentine or Jair or stuff like that. When you see it, like, today, and, yes, game conditions weren't great, second straight quarterback starting for the Rams, all that context aside, like, we saw, like, this team can really get under the skin of the opposing team. And I think that just... There's ways that they can go about it better, obviously, being a young team and channel it in a more focused way. And that just comes with time and experience and everything like that because you know, penalties are always gonna be an issue. Um, but I do think today was more of like they just needed it, it didn't feel manufactured. They it wasn't it what really was not in line or um informed by the Packers scoring on the first drive or whatever. Like they deferred from the get go and the defense be on the field to start the game really set the tone. And again, we can't forget why they limited the Rams to just three points and had their best defensive performance of the year. Um but still I do think that does say something that it felt very organic rather than Hey, you know, a touchdown is gonna to spring this up. It was like, no, we are going from the get go, especially after a very turbulent week where you lose a leader on that side of the ball and it's all about who's gonna step up and we saw we've already named a couple of guys that haven't stepped up all that much this mm-hmm. start the year, but moving forward they can really step it up in a hopefully a bigger way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think you mentioned Jair's name. Uh had a had an okay game today. He had gotten beat on a few different plays, but ultimately had a pretty impactful play on a great zone read um, where he followed Brett Ripien's eyes to get a big pass deflection that landed right in the... or the ball ran right in the lap of Anthony Johnson Jr., who also played well today, I think we should, we should add. Yes. Um, but I think, like you said, it just being an organic defensive effort I think was pretty evident today. They were really good against the rush. We'll get to that in a little bit, but... Um, Brett in thirteen of twenty eight, one hundred and thirty yards with one in the interception, and his longest was a thirty four yard play to uh, Cooper Cup in like the second quarter, I think ish. Um, and so I think through the first quarter and and through that through that play in the second quarter that that passed to Cooper Cup, the Rams defense or offense only had forty five yards in the first quarter, which is huge for the, um, the Packers because I think the broadcast said in in the um, in the First quarter, the Rams are the fourth highest scoring offense in the NFL. But the yes. Packers defense has only allowed three points on opening drives um this year. So it's kinda like a one of those battles that really puts the test which is the better unit. And today it was the Packers, despite the um the tampered expectations that the Rams offense I'm sure had. But it still made a big difference into how well they were going to shape up the rest of the game. But we only had the one reception, should have had two. He had um, yes. a ball that landed right in Carrington uh, Valentine's arms and just went right through it. Uh, I think that was late in the fourth quarter, mid fourth quarter, or something like that. It was pretty late in the game. Yeah. Um, I think it wasn't. It, was it the play that ended the the game essentially? I'm pretty sure it was. It was I think like,
1: that was their. I think that was, was their last offensive play.
2: Yeah, like the Rams' last last offensive play. Yeah, because I remember I saw Carrington Valentine like jumping up and down hitting his head and whatnot. I saw him, I was like celebrating. I'm like, what happened? It's like, oh, it's the end of the game. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, mm. um, yeah, for all intents and purposes, a good effort by the secondary today. And what you said was a turbulent week, having lost um, Russell Douglas in that uh in that locker room. So glad to see everyone um step up. Keisha Nixon, I think, played well today. He Very had, well. Yeah. Very even, well. Even, I really like this game. Yeah. Even outside of um, his his kick return that got nullified um, due to more penalties than I'd like to carry to admit. Um, still, I think, played played quite well and was was an impactful player. I think I'm trying to find his um, his stats here. but Five tackles, I yeah, see. Yeah, five tackles. No PBUs or anything, but five tackles as a corner slot guy is, is pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um, am trying to think of who else.
2: Who else could we touch on? You want to move to the rest? Jair? No, go ahead, go ahead, Jair. Well, I
1: actually, actually, my thought, there was a kind of a good comment from, kind of a good comment, a good comment during the game, during the broadcast Um, from Adam Amin, the play-by-play announcer, and he mentioned that Jair Alexander said, like, this is the best he's felt in a month, and it showed in terms of his play, he was just a lot more engaged. It wasn't... You know, he was <laughs> not that an effort problem is, you know,
2: average Jarius problem. About,
1: yeah, um, but we saw him just it, it's it was about making impact impactful plays over the course of the entire game rather than a couple here and there, one a drive or whatever. Right. I just thought as the game went along. You know, we felt his his presence again against a good wide receiver core, despite a second street quarterback that struggled a lot.
2: <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um. Shove on to the rush defense and the linebackers because I think they played outstanding today. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, Rams rushers held to a total of sixty eight rushing yards today on twenty six attempts. It's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Very good. Like it seemed like early that they were they were going to have some momentum in the running game. I think I had um, in my notes that Daryl Henderson started the game off with um, a f- with five yards on the first carry, got um, six more yards on a second carry, then three more. Like the first the first drive felt like a lot of Daryl Henderson Jr. and yeah. just looked like they were going to have some pretty good success. In the running game, and if it wasn't for rain and the cleats of Ben Skoronic on that first drive, on 30 <laughs> inches on the end around, the they probably yeah. get that first down and continue the drive. But Packers get a break there, and the Rams end up punting it, and that was kind of the um, the end of any sort of momentum the the Rams had in the rushing game all day long. But they they made the adjustments, and I think it goes to credit um, a lot of that front that front four, particularly. Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, and Kenny Clark, and stopping the run. I saw a lot of plays where TJ Slayton was was shutting blocks and make and plugging up holes. But I thought him and Devontae Wyatt played pretty well, complementary, like D line football today, if you can even, like say it's a thing. But there was a couple mm-hmm. plays where Slayton would shut a block and make the runner go to a different hole, and Devontae Wyatt was right there to wrap him up. Like, I, I, they're making progress as a rushing defensive team. I think at least this week against a dilapidated running back room. But for all intents and purposes, I thought they played well against the run today. And I'm trying to see if Devontae Wyatt had too many tackles. Looks like he didn't register one. But um, I just saw him all over the rushing game today.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned Kenny Clark. I mean, he goes down early. so Yeah,
2: with a shoulder injury.
1: With a shoulder injury, which is a big blow, and especially at that time of the game. Rep, er, Packers had already scored, but yep. you know we're still in a very uh, precarious state uh even with that said. And I just thought b- between Slayden, Wyatt, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden, all of those guys on the line made plays at various points in the game. And yeah, and again, not the Rams leading rusher out there. But guys that can make plays can rattle out plays, even if they're not as talented as Kyron Williams. Last week, we saw them quiet a Vikings off running offense that is not that great and not productive by its own right. But still, like, again, you play against who you, who's in front of you. And Packers' run defense is really good, especially given that the conditions of the game forced it to be a more of a. an old-school game kind of in that way where whoever's going to run the ball better is probably be the team out on top. And, yeah, the Packers did did their job and quieted the Rams to very... I mean, when when are we talking about the Packers allowing 3.4 yards per play to their opponents? That's not many.
2: No, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot.
1: Not a whole whole lot. lot
2: at all. Um, I'm just, I'm really excited to see Carl Brooks start playing some more. Carl Brooks enters after Kenny Clark goes down, and he had a a wonderful game. Like, a truly, truly wonderful game. Um, pulling up, pulling up his stats here. One, only one tackle, but had two huge pass deflections and was a menace, like, I think, all around. His box score didn't really speak to how well he played. He had, um those two big pass deflections one came on i think a critical third down before the packers had pulled away i think it was still like 10-3 at that point but he's a guy who we've seen in the last few weeks really start to make some progress on just developing into a pretty good interior defensive lineman he's all over the place he's getting in on pressures some weeks like i think it was a couple weeks ago he had a sack or two um now this week he's doing better and in the past game, but also just being a, a good run defender as well. Um, spoiler alert, he might be up for a cheese this week, depending on how those grades shake out. You have a lot of, a lot of this,
1: this week, thank God. Yeah,
2: it's going to be a tough one to, to do, but but that's just fine. Haven't had that problem in a good way since the Bears game.
1: <laughs> mm. Um, Not to go off your train of thought.
2: Nope, you're good. you name
1: the last team the Packers forced under two hundred total yards.
2: Uh this happened last year, so no, yeah, of course not. I'm just year. trying to think of like the bad team we played against last year. Was it the Vikings in like week seventeen? No. Hmm. Make it like sound like one
1: more guess. I don't wanna... You're in that you're in the right range of when this it, game happened. Is it the Dolphins game? No. Okay, yeah. Game me. before the Dolphins game. Damn it! So when they hosted the Los Angeles Rams?
2: Oh, that would make sense.
1: The Baker Mayfield start. Yeah. Yep. Hundred fifty-six yards of uh, offense for the Rams that game, and then one hundred eighty-seven today. The floor, I believe, is four now against Sean McVay.
2: I believe he I is.
1: He's got his number, including that's a playoff win within that. Yeah, number two. I think
2: that's the second one. I think is is the playoff win. Um, Joe
1: Barry. Joe Barry knows Sean McFay.
2: I mean That is true, he does. He does. They they he was as I think linebacker's coach for a while, so it would make sense that he knows that offense pretty well. And hey, so be it. That's what it takes. Maybe Joe Barry should put that much research into other offenses that he's going to face, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um trying to think of anybody else on the defense that we should talk about that we haven't already. Um, no Quay Walker today. Big, big uh, part of their linebacking core. Not around. I think their they're play caller, if I'm not mistaken, when Devondra Campbell's out. Might even be the the green dot now. Yeah. But um, him being out, allowed for J.J. Enigbare and Kingsley... Not, I'm sorry, J.J. Enigbare and Isaiah McDuffie to have some good games today. Like, Enigbare had, a, I believe, a pass deflection and a big... Uh, run stop. McDuffie was around, not like he was invisible, but he was just around. Overall, I think you said at pre-pod, one of the better games linebacking core has had in a while. Yes. Yeah,
1: It. it, it, I was very worried not having Quay in. He popped up late on the uh, injury report, I believe on Friday with a groin injury. He didn't practice, so I was like, well, that doesn't feel good. Rudy Ford, the same thing, I think popped up on Thursday's um, uh, injury report when we recorded and then we saw NS Gaines get elevated so I was like well mm-hmm. down another starter and you know you mentioned it having Devontae Campbell really quarterback the, the defense helped a lot McDuffie he, he's, he's been pretty good this year like I, he's not like a it's not like an all pro level kind of guy but like that's a guy that you know in terms of late Draft picks that the Packers have taken recently, we've seen steady progress from him in Uh a very real way. And it's good to see it show in a win like this and just making plays. Like, I, you kind of like, I don't think you intended for it to be like dismissive, but he, like, it it is true. Like, it's like, oh, Isaiah McDuffie's in the middle of this. Isaiah McDuffie's in the middle of this play. Like, he does just have like a good nose for the ball. And I think the more reps he's gained over the last two years, especially between. You know, Campbell missing time, Quay getting injected in games last year, and now missing time t- today. I think he's just kind of steadily gone along in a, in a very good way of just like, you know, w- even if, if you're down a top player um, within your defense, within your linebacking core at that, he's a good rotation linebacker to have in there. And yeah. Just making plays is going to, you know, keep, keep getting some uh you know more reps for him.
2: Yeah, I think that's you you said it earlier in your point, but Isaiah McDelphi being in the middle of plays is like kind of his calling card. He's kind of always around. And as a linebacker that's kind of your job just to be yeah. around in the in, in plays and putting your nose to the ball on tackles. But I mean for what it's worth it's he that really is what he does. He's always around whether it's in the backfield or in tackles, he's around and that's a good piece to have as long as he's not out there in coverage in the slot once in a while. Yeah. Then uh, then it gets a little testy, but if he's doing what his normal positional job is asking him to do, he's, like you said, a pretty good rotational piece piece to have on that side of the ball. Um, Not too much in the order of the addressers today. Nothing from Preston, nothing from Rashawn Gary. Like, Rashawn Gary got... <clears> he <throat> um, would have had a sack if he wasn't off sides. Well... You could argue that that was partially why he had this partially about the reason he yeah, had the sack. Of course, he yeah. got he got uh, penalized for I believe it was a face mask on well, on a sack um, based
1: on Rippy and I believe fumbled the ball, so he was already kind of in a very just um weird position for Rashawn who was barreling down to get him and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was just an interesting. Day for both the edge rushers. Nothing, no one really got home. But I think we're like I think it was interesting to see Rashawn Gary line up in a few different spots throughout the game. Um I saw him on both sides of the ball early in the game, and then I think it was like the third quarter. There was like a third down
1: blitz where he like
2: down the middle. He was down was the like, middle, that's oh. what I was gonna say. I, I was like, who in the F? Who who's lining up over the dose tackle? Who who's that there? And then play goes, I see that 52 flash, and I was like, oh we're getting Rushaan Gary up the middle.
1: We saw some and there I I think correct me if I'm wrong, that might have been the same play that they did a five man blitz to. Like Packers I mean, they don't really change it up a lot in terms of yeah. pressure and dialing up that way. But like No, the not not ever really do the moments that they do, it's like Oh let's see more of it. Like it, it, it I think today, especially as the game went along and you know, even if it was a one-score game, one-score game, the Packers were in control. Um, in a box score sense, I just thought that defense just like realized, you know,
2: we can get to bread, we Brett. can get home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it was after that first drive, like, oh, we can start teeing off and not have to worry about it. And uh,
1: I don't think we mentioned it on the pod yet, but uh, Rob Havenstein did not play today. No, nope. probably their best line or lineman. Um, right tackle too so you know that again teeing off without another integral uh member of the Rams offense helped this defense really just control the game, dial the pressure in, in meaningful ways.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's hopefully we we'll see more of it. Hopefully we we'll see yes. more of it. Um Kenny Clark is feared to not or not feared. I mean back up it's good news Andy Herman reports that not a not a long-term concern for Kenny Kenny Clark so Ooh. um good news there saw the cart come out which was um scary but it being a yes. shoulder injury they probably still want to have him walk on slippery surfaces all the way to the locker room plus he's big guy <laughs> like let's <laughs> just give him a ride kind of thing and so uh Good news there. Hopefully he can come back next week, if not the week after.
0: Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Anything else on the defense, Jordan? Or should we move on to the offense?
1: No, I think we. Um, I think it's time. I think it's time to dig into. Actually, I will. Sorry. Go ahead. Lucas Van Very intrigued by him.
2: Yeah. He but doesn't, but he, first. his
1: snaps. I just think he he kind of is getting in that Rashad mold of like, he may not get home, but he forced, he's pressuring. Um, in the stats that he gets. And I thought he's been pretty good in terms of run defense. Like he, there was a play, maybe I'm misremembering if it was him or not, but I believe there was a play where Royce Freeman had to like bounce outside because Lucas Fadness just broke through and um just broke through and forced him to go outside. It was like a big tackle for a loss. I just think he's been, we have, we're not talking about him a lot because just of, the guys that are ahead of him. Yeah. But I think quietly having a fine rookie year in terms of you know, giving his role and just what we're seeing in, in limited snaps so far.
2: Yeah. We knew it was gonna be a development project for Lucas Van Ness having come out of uh, Iowa and coming out of Iowa in a limited role as to what his impact was on that defense, just given how Iowa ran their defense. Um, in years prioritizing seniority over talent. <laughs> Um, but has two tackles today, one of which was a tackle for a loss. And I think you're right. He is in the similar vein of Isaiah McDuffie, where you're kind of like, there's Lucas Vanessa again in the middle of a play, or in the middle of a blowing up a play. Isn't Mm -hmm. doing it as often as McDuffie is, but I feel like there's at least a a few snaps a game where he really is just in the middle of a play being blown up thanks to his pressure. And so give him time, and I think he'll start to get home similar to how Rashan did, but just understanding scheme a lot better as well as getting control of how far to push up on a rush. I think that's one of his main issues right now is he breaks contain on his rush pretty often to where yeah. um, quarterbacks are allowed to step up easy and scramble if they, if they, if they can, but I'm with you. He's intriguing. He's Very it, intriguing. he'll be a, a player to watch for sure for the rest of the next nine games or so. So, all right, let's move on to the offense. Ooh. Put up 20 points today through trials and tribulations of a rainy Lambeau field. Um, I guess we probably should talk the quarterback first so we don't do but Eurostep and winning six to with not talking about Giannis first. Um, Jordan Love, 20-26, 228 yards and a touchdown. Um, did take four quote-unquote sacks. I think a lot of those were just tackles behind the line of scrimmage versus a literal in the pocket sack. Um I thought he looked good today. I think this is his best game. He's looked in a while, probably since the Saints game, frankly, which was their last win, but like I think without a doubt that's the best he's looked since since then. He hadn't looked great in any of the losses um in these last 4 weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean um I think the bloom of we're, – we're well past the kid gloves of it all in terms of just wanting Jordan Love to be good and just evaluating where he is at. A game like today kind of reinforces some of the, the few bad things that he showed today kind of reinforces where he's at. But I thought in terms of game managing, making plays, his throws weren't perfect today but some of that could be certainly attributed to the conditions. Um, at the same time, we saw him on court deep balls. Christian Watson, uh, Dontavian Wicks, I think. I might be misremembering. There's there, Anyway. I'm <laughs>
2: um, double-checking <laughs> receiving. Um, Luke Musgrave had a long of 25. Wicks, Musgrave, that was, yes. Wicks had one of 18. Watson of 37, Dobbs of 17, Aaron Jones of 13. So,
1: Yeah. I I thought, again, when you're seeing him connect with wide receivers in ways that he hadn't been doing much of this year at all, that is improvement. No doubt about that. I thought it was also helped by the fact that when Matt LaFleur said, oh, we're going to turn Aaron Jones loose, and everybody goes, groan, We've heard you say this multiple times, yada yada yada. And him actually living up to that and Aaron Jones being the engine of establishing a run game for Jordan Love to play off of and getting play action, screens, stuff like that, that like mm-hmm. that's what you do with a quarterback that is clearly developing like Jordan Love. And Again, it's it was not a perfect game by any means, but to your point, it's certainly the most consistency we have seen of him since that Saints game in that second half of, you know, given the circumstances of coming back from that game to to win. I just thought there was a level of more control and consistency that we see from Jordan Love that we just wanted to see. And when you go 20 to 26, a guy that has accuracy is... Accuracy issues too. You're probably going to win the NFL, or you're probably going to win an NFL game. So, yeah, that much is clear.
2: <laughs> um, longest attempt was the th- almost forty yarder to Christian Watson that was underthrown. Um, but a lot of his throws were to the outside. Nothing really over the middle. Um, you and I talked pre pod about four passes over the middle, of what you would traditionally call over the middle. Um, but a lot of it was outside, and I think. It came as a result of getting the ball out of his hands quicker, which is what we really were trying to to have um, happen a lot lately. Yes. And the deep ball to Christian Watson that should have been caught in the end zone. I should I shouldn't say shouldn't have been caught or should have been caught, but the deep ball that should have been a touchdown to Christian Watson. Bad throw. He said he was frustrated about it post game. But then comes back and uncorks a 37-yarder to him on the other side of the ball um, in the third quarter. I believe it was maybe the early fourth. But um, I think other than that, a lot of the receivers played well today in terms of catching the ball. Luke Musgrave still needs to learn how to run and chew gum at the same time. That is, learn how to catch the ball and get some yards after catch. But he did it on his touchdown pass um, up the middle on a beautiful play design. Yes. Um Dontavian Wicks had a good day. Sans his fumble, like I think that fumble isn't necessarily an indictment on his ability, more so just a rookie mistake. In that, it's I believe it was first down. Like, it was the first down.
1: Him trying to extend to, out, to, get, to get another the first down. to get
2: another first down, and so yeah, it's just one of those plays where, as a football player, you did the right thing in trying to get the first down, but knowing situation and knowing time and place to do that is probably more critical. In that, it's more important to catch the ball and just get those nine yards and try and extend for the extra yard on a first down out of the half. So yeah. that was the, one of the bigger, I am sorry, Keisha Nixon's kick return earlier. Wasn't nullified from a penalty. It, it was, was the wicks. It was the wicks yes. fumble that, that nullified the, the field position. So my apologies on that. If you yelled at me earlier in your car or in your living room for my mistake, <laughs> Um, but same thing like Aaron Jones had a fumble, a fumble today. I think he had maybe I thought he had two, but I might be wrong. I thought there was three fumbles today and they might have recovered one, but I think for there for sure was two. And it's just You're
1: correct, he had two.
2: Yeah. And I think he had gotten back on top of one. Yep. Um But when Wicks fumbled on this off the sideline there, you saw Roman Dobbs and Aaron Jones come over and comfort him and really talk him through what it means to get over those those mistakes and then Aaron Jones wanted him to make sure he didn't go feel too bad. Went and fumbled on his own the next drive. And I think that was kind of... Uh, it was a, a big... A big example of how this Packers season has gone. Because they were they came out of uh, halftime up 10-3, I believe. Or, yes. And so they were ready to go big... Uh, go ahead. No, you're right. It was 7-3. Yeah, 7-3. Because Carlson missed the field goal yep. going into the half. Yep. So 7-3 coming out of the half. They get a big boost from Keisha Nixon's uh, kick return fumble and that's like okay fine defense comes up with a big stop um i believe makes them punt on that specific drive and then ensuing drive packers are moving again they've got a lot of good momentum um i wish i could find this 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 uh this play pretty quickly but they had they were running the ball like super well and then the fumble from aaron jones really just nullified it um Packers yeah, it's the they started their their own sixteen, second and five, um holding wiped out a good run that Dylan had, so it's second or third and twelve. Um Aaron Jones gets a screen pass, gets a first down, they're moving. And then on first and ten was that Jones fumble, but it came after like an eight, nine yard run. Like they were really having positive plays. Just the penalty knocked him back, but they ended up converting anyways. And so the start of the second half, they just had so much momentum that they wanted to keep carrying and keep going to put this game away, and they just kept getting in their own way. The Dontavia and Wicks stretch for yards, and then the fumble where it hits the ground, it bounces straight up, and the guy just is standing there, barely in bounds, and steps out. It's like, ugh.
1: Yeah. Damn like, <laughs> That will not ne- like, uh, if you do that play, like, a thousand times. That scenario year, doesn't happen. Again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, to your point, I mean... I think overall the offense we saw a lot more positivity. Obviously, that's helped by Jordan Love completing passes. Eight different wide receivers got a uh, catch today. Yep, um, should have been nine because Malik Keith is an underthrown ball, but Malik Keith was like wide open, um, and it would have just been at, at least a first down. Um, but the Aaron Jones of it all, of just having someone to kind of be the engine, not not forgetting that he's out there. Obviously helped that he's probably like Jair, probably the most healthy he's been in quite some time. Um they there's a great stat on the broadcast that um he had what did he finish with? He finished with twenty
2: carries. Twenty carries exactly Mo- most since uh I believe week ten week ten last, uh, last year. year. Yeah. Which is crazy
1: because during that Late season run, you would have thought, oh yeah, Aaron Jones was at least probably hit twenty in, in one of those games, right? And it, it's a very, you know, that's a high number. He could have been nineteen or whatever. Yeah. But how we talked about Aaron Jones last year certainly applied to this year in terms of give him the ball. He is your offense. He'll make it go when the passing game is not clicking the way that they have wanted. Um, yeah, I just I thought like outside of those fumbles. Yo, the offense another stat to share. Five point seven yards, five point seven five yards per play today. That is the highest since the Eagles lost last year um in Philadelphia, where they had six point wow. nine eight yards per play. Wow. Yeah.
2: I think it's it's great. I think a lot of people in the Discord. Uh brief interruption. Join the Discord, gsp.info. We have a lot of fun in there. Um, I think it was Kelp and a couple other people is asking for 30 carries from Jones. And I was, I was about it. He got 24, 24 touches today, 26 if he catches all of his targets. So I think it's pretty evident that this offense looks a lot different when you involve its best player. Like, yes. it's just, he is the the bread and butter of this offense. And it's it's clear that he's just such a better running back than what we even think he is. And I'm not saying AJ Dillon's a bad running back. He had a good day today, too. He did. Um, But it, for all intents and purposes, he just like it just looks so much better when Aaron Jones has the ball in his hands. It, it, maybe it's just because he's so much like twitchier and quicker than Aaron AJ Dillon is, but anytime I see Aaron Jones getting the ball nine times out of ten, I'm like, man, he's going to make a move and bust it for a run.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's not I hate to be a broken record about just it's it's not anything new that any Packers fan doesn't if there's a Packers fan that thinks otherwise that Air Jones shouldn't be a fixture or the fixture in their offense. It's like that <laughs> we're not watching the same thing. You know what I mean? Um and yeah I just thought he just to, it, you just see it in a very palpable way, and it's not like it's a very different way of like seeing. Like when we had or when the Packers had Devonte Adams, and just seeing how the field tilts his way, you see that with Aaron Jones, but he does a very different like plug and play. Where it's like you can see in the backfield, you can see it with no, um like a, a very heavy jumbo formation. Or you're spreading it out, you're setting him out wide. There's just so many different ways where he can make plays and just be the safety valve in a lot of ways of just you know handing him the ball or throwing screen passes to him and him making just plays after you know the catch. I just think there's just some it's it's, it's hard to have someone as versatile as him. And uh, AJ Dillon is has been getting better as the season go, has gone along, but. It's just not. It's not the same. It's just not the same. Very clearly, and it's it's not a it's not a knock on AJ Dillon. We're just talking about a very different skill set that Aaron Jones and very and quite honestly, very few running backs in this league possess. Because it's really it's not one of one, but it's it's at least in a very elite way.
2: Yeah, it, I love I love watching him run. I think. He uh he reminds me of Tyreek Hill when they run because they both use their non-ball hand as a counterweight to their balance. It's yes. really it's really fun funny to watch. Like You see him going, and you start seeing him just whip his hand around going real fast as they try to make sure they don't get too far over their skis and lose their balance. But um helps them cut and just be those dynamic runners that they're, they really are. So, obviously, Aaron Jones not as fast as Tyreek Hill, but still does his best to make off break plays and break break off big plays. And yeah, I just think for what it's worth, I don't think it's a mistake. Even like, cause this Rams defense wasn't bad. They're missing some players, but they weren't like bad. Aaron Donald was, was making, Aaron Donald was was, <laughs> was, was, making some, some hate today. He was too he was scary. He, he had stopped an Aaron Jones rush. That would have been a first down. Cause he had put his big arm out and just stopped him in his tracks. Like yep. for what, like, I don't think it's um, it's wrong to dismiss that Jordan Love's best game came on a day where Aaron Jones had his most activity since the Bears game. Like I think, yes, I think
1: that is the best way to put it.
2: Yeah, I think that that those two are pretty pretty tied to each other as 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 it comes to talking about the game. Like it's just. If Aaron Jones is going to be out there getting 25 cut touches during the game, I would imagine that Jordan Love is going to have time to throw the ball. They have to respect him throwing the ball on play action and things like that. So, yeah, I was. I, if they can keep this up and if Aaron Jones can stay healthy the rest of the year, this this might be what ends up being the game that starts real progression in all these players' development. Like I don't want to put that load on Aaron Jones being healthy, but they just looked so much better as an offense today with, with him there.
1: Yes. Agreed. And a smaller of thing of note, but very important in this all the same. Yes. Driving started today left again. Like he did last week. She Walker filled in resuming his starting position. That was for do Bakhtiari. Uh, Sean Ryan got some run today for John Runian. Um We saw a lot of uh, some controversial plays in terms of offsides, neutral zone infractions, yeah, the, whatever.
2: Yeah, I think the NFL is getting way too technical with how they're trying to negate the, the brotherly shove or the tush-push, whichever which uh, name you want to call it. But I didn't see a single down the line angle that showed John Runyon Jr. offsides on either either of those plays. The first one was improperly attributed to Rashid Walker, who was not in the neutral zone when yes. the ball was snapped. It was John Runyon Jr. both times, so that could have been the closest to it. And both times I'm pretty sure he wasn't there. And yeah. it's it's I think it's the the NFL really trying to nip this trend in the bud for reasons unbeknownst to me. Like I think it's kind of dumb that they're going to these links to calling it pretty much wrong in most of these cases i think that happened last week too with the packers so it was it was just a tough day for the refs on that side yes and yeah i just
1: thought again <laughs> that it to your point of jordan Love's success is tied to aaron jones's success I just thought we saw the run game look a lot smoother, in part because the offensive line, even with Aaron Donald making menacing plays <laughs> in the second half, especially, um, I just thought there was a lot of good things that happened. On whether, you know, Josh, I'm playing the best football of my life, Myers making key <laughs> blocks on the field, um, Walker Philly in for Nyman, Ellen Jenkins just being the steady, constant really yeah you know i mean like there's just a lot of things that we could could glean from from that even despite as you mentioned four sacks for Jordan love which some kind of had caveats of like how many yards did he lose and yada, yada yada
2: yeah i think like a lot of them came on scrambles that weren't crossing the line of scrimmage i know for sure one of them was yes so yeah um but yeah the line was kind of shuffled around today like you were saying but elton being good Zach tom played well today I think it was just sort of mixing and matching. Like I think Sean Ron came in because of a brief injury to John Runny Jr. And then um, I don't really know why Yash started and Rashid Walker came in. I don't really I think they ever really talked about that. So should we get to the – oh, no, 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 Before we move on to receivers. Before we move on to receivers. And it's like their their game in general. My king, Emmanuel Wilson, four rushes for 43 yards. I'm gonna go on a soapbox for a minute here. Just one minute. I love what I'm seeing from him when he's on the when he's on the field. I think his vision as to when to to go away from holes that maybe plugged or bounced it outside or bounce it back inside an outside run is fantastic. He had a couple of runs today, he had four of them. And I think on two of them for sure. One of them, he was meant to go outside the tight ends and people blocking out there towards to the, get him off the edge, tr- um, towards the left. And he bounces it back up inside for a pretty decent gain. Like, knowing that he can't outrun that outside great vision, bounces up inside, positive yardage. And then he had a 31-yard breakoff run off the right end that was just an absolute beauty of a run. Outran a few of the different Rams players. I just... I just am really excited to see what he can bring after a full year of development and playing some NFL snaps. That was a minute and three seconds. So ends my my spiel. There's something there. There's there, something there. There's something there. That's all I'm saying. Again, not a not a, not a bad defense. The Rams defense. No. Like we can talk all day long about how the defense, the Packers' defense, played against the pack or the Rams' offense, but. Like I'm, I'm happy with how the the offense played against the Rams' defense. So, including my young son, Emmanuel Wilson. That being said, we should talk about the receivers and talk about their their games today, as well as just how they helped Jordan Love succeed. Yeah, I think they just played so much better in their route running and not having drops. I think I saw like one drop today um, from the receivers. I forget who it was, but. Um, I think for all intents and purposes, great route. Musgrave. It might have been Musgrave, but um, there was a play. I think it was in the second quarter, where there was an out route, out route by Romeo Dobbs, um, on the right hand side of the the field, where they needed to get a first down. I think it was like third and twelve or something. And it was it was a long third down, and Love throws a a great pass right in the Dobbs hands, and we've talked a lot about like Romeo Dobbs having some stone hands sometimes. Like that one, it was just like the ball literally stopped in his, in his mitts, and it's just like man, like that was that's what we need to see from Odobbs. We need to see him having sure hands to catch these these balls from Love, who is the favorite target of his. Like Jordan Love and Romo Dobbs have that connection that you would want any good QB receiver duo to have. Like that's their that's the connection right now, and. If he can continue to have games like today and not games like last week, then I think it'll be a really good sign for the Packers moving forward. Christian Watson he made a glass. Looks like they avoided a concussion with Christian Watson, but on that 37-yard catch, he gets up and celebrates, and then he realizes he's kind of hurting and gets back down. <laughs> I think he had a, a back, a rib, and a possible concussion injury when they said he was out for the rest of the game. It's just like golly man
1: yeah and went to the locker room near the end of it too so he looked like he was in good to-
2: yeah he looked like he was in good spirits as he was like running on the sideline but just like golly i just wish you were a little healthier yeah
1: Vic musgrave scored his first nfl touchdown
2: congrats yep. that play design it's was beautiful good. like i it think it was a really it
1: i will say it looks good knowing now but at the time of when it's starting, because we've seen a lot of screens <laughs> where Jordan Love is looking the other way and is throwing off his back foot to throw it the opposite direction, right? And I'm just like, oh no! Like i have just seeing this evolve, and I'm like, this is this is recipe for disaster. We've seen this play multiple times, and then just the brilliant heads up kind of like Luke Musgrave kind of does the the classic like little Madden like I'm gonna do a little Yeah. Here's a little block and then do my route and wide open yep. daylight twenty yards touchdown. It was and again, that was the to cap the the game because as much as it was still in the Packers control, like you just needed to kind of put the period or the exclamation point on uh, a win. <laughs> so, yeah. After all this time.
2: Yeah, thirteen to three at that point, um in the game. The big, uh, big touchdown from the Packers. What's about twenty-three? To that, that that ends the game. But yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Watching the play develop, it's like, oh, what is he doing? Why didn't he throw that ball? Oh, why is he going back the other way? Oh, it's Luke Musgrave. He's wide open. Touchdown. Like it was that roller coaster of emotion of wondering what the hell we're doing. But I think before we get back into the series, I want to talk about play calling a little bit. I thought it was really good today. Like I thought. Matt LaFleur called a, a wonderful game offensively, and just there weren't a lot of plays where I was wondering what they were doing at all. Like, there were some execution plays where I was like, from players, like, okay, we gotta be a little better, but I saw the vision of what they were trying to do, and it all made sense. Like, there was, it, it didn't look hard today, Jordan. It looked good. It yes. And that was the biggest thing. It, it didn't look like we were just, like, trying to trudge through mud to run the ball or trying to throw into 50 mile per hour oncoming wins to complete a pass. It just, everything flowed today. Like, it was just a nice easy pace and they did well to advance the ball on pretty much every drive. I'm not really sure. Did they have a 3 and out today? Um, di- I'm not, I don't, it's going to take a while to check, so I'm not going to actually go back and check. Yes. But they did have a 3 and out? I think they did. I don't know if they did, but regardless it I don't, they didn't have a lot of them because I didn't They're get not I didn't get mad they had at the first have,
1: have touchdown too
2: right like it, they just played well and sustained drives to keep their um their defense off the field when when they needed to and I think that's the biggest thing is that we had a whole we had a whole discussion last week about how it's hard to keep your defense on the field for as long as they do and win football games like that. And then look what happens yeah. this week. They have multiple um drives that were sustained for like a long time. and um from there, they just end up having a much better game. I'm gonna go through these because I haven't found one yet. They had a couple where they got a first down and then proceeded to go like and lose a uh, and not get the first down, like not a three and out, but a four and out, I guess we'll say. But yeah. I'm looking now and as of right now I'm not finding it through the second quarter.
1: Um yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think again, one, it's Aaron Jones. He, he, from the get go, he was involved in the offense. We've seen it before, but it sustained itself in a very real way and getting on the board with with a touchdown in the first half, ending that terrible, 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 terrible drought. Um helped a lot and i just thought there was just a focus and the 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 things that people would have problems with in terms of the offensive performance was just stuff that like it's execution stuff it's you're not going into a game expecting to have three fumbles but when it's really slippery out there and it's rainy we saw of not to it wasn't because someone missed a route or anything like that but like we saw Romeo Dobbs in the red zone slip on a route and it changed you know it led to Aaron Donald sacking Jordan Love like stuff like that happened but it wasn't like it didn't feel like the Packers got in the in their own way like it had been the last four to five weeks of like yeah no you're doing things that are limiting what you can do further and just setting yourself back and back and back i just thought as you mentioned, just the way that the floor built this game plan around Aaron Jones to help supplement Jordan love kind of just kept them buoyed. And eventually it paid off with, you know, scoring 20 points and, you know, obviously the defense helping to get you off the field in a very timely manner as the game went along too.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, three things, one, one, three and out that began the fourth quarter. That was the only one. Um, Penalties, I think, were were a big thing that that bit them again today. Eight eight yard, or, I'm sorry, eight penalties for 57 yards. Got to clean them up. Like I know that two of them, and a lot of those were the yeah uh, on offense. Yep, two of those on offense or three for sure on offense. So I think there was a holding and then two of the the John Runyan Jr. ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but more on special teams again. Like that just can't happen anymore. It just it's Rich Bisaccia needs to get his act together and start coaching these guys to not have penalties on special teams. Um, But then another big thing, we talked about it just, again, time of possession. Packers had the ball for 35 minutes of this game. Like, I don't think the Packers had the ball that much in, like, any of their games this year.
1: That is correct. That is the most that they've had time of possession in any game this
2: year. Like, that's that's good. Look what happens when you use Aaron Jones as you can run the ball effectively. And so... I think that like you said, I'm totally with you. Like we've been hard on Matt LaFleur and talked about his seat maybe getting a little hot. I think this this hot piss. Yes, he needed some hot piss from the team. Um <laughs> But yeah, he coached really well and coached in a way that played to the team's strengths. Like I'm looking at at next gen stats for Jordan Love's um for Jordan Love's breakdown of his passing chart throughout the day. And he had, let's see, one, two, two throws completed within the minus of scrimmage to of the five yard marker. The majority of his passes came between five and fifteen yards, or five and twenty mm-hmm. yards. Like that's where we've been saying is his strong suit. If receivers can get separation, he can throw balls in that range quite, quite accurately. I might add, he like he was just on the money today with those intermediate ranged throws um had a few that were behind the line of scrimmage that were like touch passes or anything like that little dump offs but yeah he had he went two for three on uh balls past 20 yards and then went i'm gonna do trying to quick math here one two three four five 10 11 12 10 to 12 between five and uh 20 yards like that's good that moves, that moves the chains when you have an effective run game like they were doing today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
2: That Wicks, big breakout game for him. I think he really showed his, his ability. Like I think he's developing quite nicely. I yes. won't say like breakout game. Cause he'd have like a hundred yards and a touchdown or anything, but he, he had a catch on the first drive. That was like, Third Oh down too. yeah. Like, Oh, Dantevian Wicks mm. on the first drive. Is that what we're doing today? <laughs> and it kind of was what we were doing today. Um, so yeah, keep getting him involved. He's he's good, and I think like honestly, this way of winning today and how like the offense was ran should be how they just run the offense now till till the end of the season. Like this is what we've been calling for. Supplement yeah. Jordan Love's development with the steadiness that is Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon.
1: Yeah, it, it's it, it sounds very simple. It's hard to execute when. Uh... Games are being played and, you know, you're not going to face a office like the Rams had today every week. But I just felt very I, – I didn't feel this level of, like, doom and
2: gloom like
1: I had no. felt the last couple of weeks. I felt a lot of things were just very easy rather than it being really hard.
2: Right, exactly. Like, there wasn't balance in the in – the- play calling and that was good they had 38 rushes um for and then 20 passes or i'm sorry yeah or i'm sorry 26 passes my apologies but that that that's fine when it works right like this is this is a good thing to have happen if you're getting 20 points and sands for a couple of fumbles they probably should have had more today and a couple of missed field goals like they left a lot of points on the field through mistakes in, in fumbling and anders carlson missing a field goal but other than that, they, they played well. Jordan Love was hitting receivers. He was hitting tight ends. The play calling worked out really well. It's just, this is the type of offense the Packers should run to really find success. Run first, supplement it with Jordan Love passes and play action, and see where it gets you. Once you get away from that and you turn into a pass-first team like they've been without Aaron Jones, this that's where it gets really tough, and you can see how it gets tough evidenced by their last four games before this one.
1: 21 first downs today, tied for the most this season since the Saints game. Also, uh, what was it? 7-14 on third downs today. Um, the highest third down efficiency that they've had since the Bears game. Yeah. like that's... How, that, that boosts your time of possession and your play calls and all that stuff because again, it keeps your defense off the field you manage the game in a very d- different way and yes did things go against them with fumbles Anders Carlson missed a field goal otherwise I thought he did very well kicky and not ideal conditions by any means mm-hmm. by any means his first kind of taste of what it's going to be like in Lambeau in November December and yeah. you know January but that that to me is like that that's how I think of a Matt LaFleur coach Packers game, and how he wants to play is yeah. that it's a really run heavy way of things, and then make the big plays with your passes and stuff like that, and then eventually just dictate the game the way that you want to.
2: Yep, yep that that that's all it is. It's... Write this
1: recipe down, Matt LaFleur.
2: <laughs> God, darn it. Um, anything else, Jordan? what talk about. I think we kind of covered it all. Yeah, I think again. Oh, I, I, oh sorry. Jaden Reed's end around. We saw that. Oh, in, we saw that in training yes. camp. And this was like the first time they pulled out that it really worked out well. Yeah, he's gonna be something. I think he's gonna be something good. It just is a matter of time, which is a lot of yeah. what this year is going to be. But yeah. I don't think he had. I don't remember seeing him too much in the passing game, like catching balls. Three and nineteen or three catches for nineteen yards. Um plus the um the big the run, run. The big run. So overall almost forty yard day for or no, I'm sorry, fifty yard day for him. So yeah. for all offensive purposes, he's developing. And I think that's a lot of what this is. Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, um, Roman Dobbs, that type of they're all developing. And the longer yep. they play and it'll be tough moving forward, like you're not gonna play the Rams every week, but we we, were, we like next week we play the Steelers the Steelers um in Pittsburgh that'll be a tough game, Steelers defense is hard is is good, yes. so it'll be tough. But if you can, it's not like the Rams defense is any better or worse than the Steelers. I think the Steelers is talented. They for one TJ Watt they had one Aaron Donald like, I think there's similar pieces around the Steelers that the Packers had to deal with this week against the um against the Rams, but. Moving forward, you face the Steelers, the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs these next four games. It might go, it might look a little bad again, but I, as long as it looks similar to this, then I think we have room for optimism, right? I'm fine if the defense gets kind of torched by the Lions or gets kind of torched by the Chiefs. It's kind of the nature of playing yeah, those, those good expect, teams, really. right? And so, but if the offense looks similar like i'm fine with the defense looking a little lackluster with with like with it how it is like i'm i'm just fine with that against those teams because the secondary is that bad but if the offense looks like how it looks this week that'll be pretty good room for uh for some optimism yeah
1: yeah and yeah you mentioned next week is not going to be easy Steelers <laughs> They are, yeah. We'll 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 save that for the next pod. But um for right now, it's good to see just a win. I was just I just wanted to see a win.
2: It feels good to talk about a win. It feels yeah. really good to talk about a win. Yeah, like it. It, it was getting it was getting tough there to keep harping on the bad things. Right. We got to talk some good things this week. We got to talk yeah. a win. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right, Jordan. To wrap up. Yes. Let's get out of here. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Numak is known at Jordan Tresky. Um at WatchGSPN on TikTok and Instagram. Go follow those accounts to see the clips we have post. Um share our stories if you would, share our posts. We would really appreciate it. Like subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Be sure to check out GSPN.info for the link to the Discord, a link to all the other podcasts, Bucks, Brewers, and the Junk Draw Pod of my time for this. Um let's say the 4th. Yesterday was the 4th, so um, Ty and Rohan had released a, an episode after the first play-in tournament game against the oh, who did they play? The New York Knicks. Yeah. And won at uh, at Milwaukee. Or in Milwaukee, at Pfizer. And um, what was another good game-time game. So, go check out uh, Ty and Rohan's breakdown of that game. Uh, cruising for a Bruising, still um, hanging out with the Craig Council news and some of their favorite brewers moments of the season on that feed that came out on Friday. Um, if you listen to it, go listen to it. Get get your all your brewers news and then if you still haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon or you just want to have some fun with some Martin Scorsese films, go check out make make time for this where Adam and Andrew have uh, ranked their top ten all time uh, Martin Scorsese movies. So that is it, folks. Appreciate you listening as always. We'll be back with you again on thursday for a preview of the steelers pod or the steelers game my apologies with another pod um like i said appreciate you all listening and thank you jordan for talking packers with me thank you